So Shane, um, thank you for joining today. Oh, no problem. And uh, one thing I wanted to ask you about that I think you've got some expertise in, at least more expertise than I do, is prepping, meaning uh, stockpiling, getting types of food. So can you uh, elaborate a little bit more what that might entail? Sure, no problem. So prepping basically is uh, preparing goods, for example, foods and water, things like that, batteries, just in case there's an emergency where you might need it and may not be able to get it readily. And it started off, you know, as, as you know, I'm from Hawaii and Hawaii is, is isolated, basically, is the most isolated place in the world. So we're in the middle of the Pacific Ocean. Is it really? It is, yeah. And so everything is shipped into Hawaii. And once in a while, we have, you know, stoppages you know, of the ships. Right. So when that happens, then, you know, people in Hawaii don't have the goods which are normally shipped in. So ever since I was a kid, you know, you hear on the radio, um, you know, for example, this is the beginning of hurricane season, so you should stock up on things like water, batteries, and things like that, just in case you know, there's shortages. Right. Well, let me go back. I didn't know Hawaii was the most isolated place or island. What, what would you say, like, in the entire yeah, world? I think it is the most isolated city, large city in the world. Interesting. Yeah, because we're surrounded by the Pacific Ocean. So, wow, wow. Yeah. See, I would have thought, you know, my first guess would have been Australia or, like, right. Antarctica or something like that. But uh, no, I, I never thought about it being like that, especially for, I guess, a place that has, like you said, the biggest city. Right. So where it's most populated. Right. That makes more sense. So, yeah. wow. <laughs> so like uh, you mentioned like batteries, water, what, what, what might be some other types of, you know, obviously food, but what do you think are some other types of accessories or things we don't really think about? You know, I would think, of course, like water and some sort of electricity, like right. batteries for flashlights. And food, but what are some other things that might go under the radar that you think would be important to stockpile? Okay, yeah, there's so many things. Uh, for example, um, things we don't usually consider like medicines, for example. Oh, yeah, there you go. Yeah. So, <laughs> you don't really um, think about it till you need it. Exactly. Especially antibiotics. So um, usually you need a prescription for antibiotics from the doctor. But um, in times when, you, you know, the doctors are closed and you have an infection, you need something right away. Mm, right. Yeah. So things like that. There are companies that um, you could do like an online doctor's examination and they'll issue a prescription to purchase antibiotics. Okay, I see. Yeah, so medicine's definitely something right. that we would uh, need to prepare for. Right. Interesting. So you, when did you kind of, you said you got into this maybe when you were in Hawaii because of that reason. Right. Uh, did that carry on throughout your life when you came to Japan as well? It did. So remember back in uh, 2011 when there was a big Tohoku earthquake? Yes. So I was actually in Tokyo during that day. Oh, was, really? My office was actually in Narita at that time. Okay. But I remember just walking home and seeing everyone just walking. Yeah. It was like a scene from a movie, basically. Mm. And I knew at that time, oh, you know, there'll be rushes. You know, people will start panic buying. So right. that's when I decided, okay, I better start being more serious about preparation in Japan. Oh, wow. Yeah. So that kind of uh, sparked your... I don't know, you reignited your thoughts about being prepared for any kind of future events or disasters? It did. Because I remember um, a few days after that disaster, you'd go to the supermarket convenience store, the shelves would be bare. Really? No food. No. Yeah, I, I wasn't here during that time. Right. So I, I didn't experience that, that type yeah. of uh, situation. So you'd go to the local supermarket or convenience store and you'd see nothing on the shelves. Wow. And there was a 7-Eleven near my house and they were rationing water. 
um, one two liter bottle per day per person. Wow. Yeah, and if you had a amazing. car, it, it, would be, it was very difficult to get gasoline. Right. Yeah. Goodness. Yeah, that's a terrible time. How long do you think that lasted for until it things kind of got back to normal? At least where I was in Tokyo, in central Tokyo, it lasted for about three or four weeks. Oh, that's a long time. Until things kind of normalized. But um, yeah, it was kind of a long time. So what happened during that period? Like, uh, did you, didn't, you know, obviously it's a terrible disaster, but did you just have to kind of keep going through life, you know, like go to work and try yeah. to bear so, through it? Actually, I had a student. I used to um, teach at this school on Saturdays and my student showed up this next day, Saturday, no <laughs> for way. lesson at 9 a.m. I was very surprised because I thought, you know, everyone would be. Were, were you still there because you couldn't go home? <laughs> I was, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I couldn't go home. I thought, oh, I might as well go to work. So oh, I wow. I was surprised that the student was there. Just ready we to go. Just, yeah, exactly. <laughs> wow. yeah. Well, that's a uh, very good student, I guess, but probably not the best of times yeah, to go yeah, out to exactly. uh, learn. Yeah. Wow. So, yeah, so basically life just went back to normal for, not normal, I should say, but you had to kind of keep going. You could Yeah, from just what stop. I remember, um, it was a little tough at times, you know, um, not being able to get certain things. For example, you know, on the way home, for example, I might just pick up a bento or a sandwich mm. on the way home, but that wasn't possible during that time. So, wow. Yeah. That's pretty amazing. So this kind of, again, ignited your... Thinking that you need to start prepping, what, what would you say is the first thing you also started as you got back into it? What did you start really working towards to prepare with? Okay, so I started with things like batteries, things like that, and water. So mm -hmm. water is the most important thing I think you should, uh, any person who prepares should you know, store away. Right. Because you can um, live a few weeks without food, but you know, only a few days without water. Right. In clean water. Yeah. So number one, water, batteries. Right. Um, did you also stockpile like multiples of things like for example let's say you had a flashlight but you know one might break so do yeah you have like doubles or triples of these types i of would things? have backups right yeah yeah what about generators do you have like um, a generator a that's generator my next backup? my next purchase would be a generator i'm okay. looking at a solar generator now actually oh okay yeah, yeah that would be a probably the best route to right. go right yeah do you have you know whenever we have recent kind of earthquakes i always want to get one of those like cheap gear powered um generators you know the ones oh, with like right. a flashlight right. but you can you can plug it in and charge it but you can also spin it to charge right. it um i don't know if that's <laughs> that's yeah, good to actually, have it all. I mean, you know it'll last maybe like two days and right right i can't do much and generally it. speaking um good generators are very expensive but i mm. think it's worth the money because usually you know you heard the term you get what you pay for <laughs> very true so, yeah, yeah. So it may not last as long as you hope it'll last yeah Right. So probably solar is definitely the way to go with that. Well, I like solar because you don't need any fuel, like gasoline, to power your generator. Right. Or, uh, or hand power. Hand or hand power. power. Yeah. <laughs> so if you, uh, if you lose ability to be able to do that, kind of out of the right, right. Okay. So definitely the generator you definitely have to need. Mm -hmm. And again, um, we have medicine. Can you think of anything else that might not be so obvious that we would, might want to prepare? Um, you know, like what kind of foods would you right. think are best to prepare? You well, know, obviously you don't want like a fish. Right. Because <laughs> that's not going to really right. help you. Yeah. Um, mostly non-perishable proteins because, you know, as far as vegetables is concerned, you can um, grow your own vegetables. It'll take a while, but it's easier to grow vegetables than to raise a cow. So yeah, that's, that's why I would recommend true. proteins, meats, canned meats, things like that. Okay. So yeah, take me to the process. Actually, um, I was talking with a coworker about mm -hmm. this right, right before we started talking. Right about that you have canned meat 
Right. But you use glass. Is that correct? Like mason jars? Right. Right. So that's called the pressure canning process. So okay. it's basically um, glass jars. I fill them up with uh, raw beef, for example, and it's called cold packing. And I have a, a pressure cooker that does, can, that does have a canning function. And it, the whole oh, process okay. takes about an hour and a half. Okay, so you stick, the, you stick the bottle in, right. the pressure cooker right. pressure cooks in. <laughs> I don't know what the yeah. Greek verb would be. So the product that comes out is similar to what you might find in a can in the store. Oh, okay. So when you open it up, it'll look similar. Oh, okay. Interesting. So that's why like the canned foods can last for right. months and years even, right. right? And according to the FDA, if done properly um, and stored properly, there's no um, expiration date. Oh, wow. Right. And so, okay, let's say you go through the process of canning mm -hmm. the food. What about storing it? Well, I mean, can you just leave it anywhere? Does it have to be in a particular temperature? Yeah, or? so it should be in a cool, dry place. Okay. And there's a seal on the top of the, on the lid of the can mm -hmm. or the jar. And you have to make sure that lid or that seal is not, you know, broken. Right, right. So it's a little button that pops up. Oh, yeah, to yeah. To kind of notify you if it's um, broken or not. Yeah. Right, right. So it's it's kind of like we could find it in any grocery yeah, right. store, right? Yeah. Uh, when you buy um, jars of with um, lids on them, yeah. right? When you okay. open it, it, pops up. It's a similar function. Yeah, because this now this kind of makes more sense with my, you know, my background with prepping comes from America, mm -hmm. same as you, but right. uh, more not the uh, coastal, lovely Hawaii. You know, right. I'm thinking of like Midwest, where there's a lot of tornadoes, there's a lot of these types of natural disasters. And a lot of the preppers got a bad rap for a long time about being a prepper because they were seen as kind of eccentric, maybe crazy because, you know, who's going to store all of this food? And the, in my image is they usually always put it underground. Right. They have most places like in the Midwest have a basement right. or a cellar, which we don't really have in Japan. So right. I think that's why my image is that because it is the, the temperature is usually always steady and right. it's not going to be hit by sunlight or or anything like that so that's where they usually keep it um so that's makes sense to me but it kind of makes me start thinking about the stereotype of preppers uh, especially before the pandemic that we just have gone through with COVID-19 and you know we saw a lot of the people that were preppers came out unscathed you know they actually might have made a profit in some ways um, do you think this was a turning, a turning point for a lot of people to see preppers, not as these crazy eccentric reality TV people, but now they're actually <laughs> smart. They're wise to do that. Yeah. I think it opened up a lot of eyes, you know, um, made more, more and more people aware of uh, what prepping is and the need for prepping. And, you know, being in Japan, the land of natural disasters. <laughs> so, yeah. I oh, mean, is that our nickname? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so I think um, I'm happy when I hear more and more people are aware of prepping. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's 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 a little hard for me to think about prepping in Japan because mm -hmm. there's just not a lot of space. Right. And that's what kind of for me living here turns me off from starting it and doing it because I'm already I'm already at my limit with space in the place where I live. So I don't think of how can I you know, start preparing and, and adding, you know, even just water, bottled water would take up a lot of space. Yeah. So do you, are you doing this at your own home or are you, you know, renting out another space for all of this? Yeah. So um, I've heard the same, you know, I, I call it an excuse. Uh, okay. <laughs> okay. It is an excuse. <laughs> yeah. I'm yeah. guilty. Because um, 
Yeah, of course, I live in Tokyo as well, and my apartment is not the biggest. <laughs> right. So, um, but I think I'm personally I'm willing to sacrifice the comfort of having more space for my you know the goods that I prep basically because I know when I need it, you know, it's going to be there, and I'll be happy that I've stored it away. That's a good point. Yeah. So, I'm just I'm just picturing your couch is made of water bottles, <laughs> no. and you okay. <laughs> Um, no, it's not that bad, but um, yeah, okay. I use a good amount of space in my um, my place right now for um, the things I stock up. Yeah, I mean, who needs furniture? Yeah, you know, a, a cardboard box of bottled water could easily <laughs> yeah. be your, you know, your table stand. Right, right. Actually, with me and with water, I don't have too much water stored up because um, I'm just lucky. Across the street of, from my house, there's a emergency uh, water well. Oh, really? Yeah. So it's like uh, one of those manual pumps. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. There's a few along the street um, where I live, so I don't need to worry about a uh, water source. I just need to worry about uh, filtration and purification of the water. Right. Yeah. Interesting, which is great because, in, you know, you're already got the mindset. Yeah. And this is my thinking. You know, most people, if something does, let's just, God forbid, something does happen, you know, they're going to go straight to the store. And I could see you going straight to those wells and just pumping out as much yeah. water as possible. Right, right. Because what, what's going to happen... Unfortunately, what might happen is, say a big earthquake you know, occurs tomorrow, everyone will be rushing to the stores. You need to fight the crowds to get your, your food. Right. I won't need to do that. I'll just go home and make sure my, my house is in order. Yeah. 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 And then set off for the countryside. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. So uh, just to wrap this up, what would you say are some things that people can really start doing if they are interested in preparing? Uh, right now, like you said, tomorrow there could be the next right, right. big earthquake and, you know, we haven't even started, but let's say we've got some time. Right. Uh, what would you say, let's say for me, what would be the best ways to start doing this, starting easy, uh, building up to something right. big? I think the best thing for everyone is uh, because, you know, uh, if you start to collect materials, it'll cost a lot of money, basically. So, But the best thing everyone could do is just study on how to do things, how to prep, what to prepare, things like that. It's free, you know. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, that's the most powerful thing you could do right now. Just learn about um, what is prepping, what kind of things you may need. Mm. Even, uh, would you go so far as to start learning survival skills as well? Uh, I wouldn't say <laughs> no, but yeah, I mean, I used to be a Boy Scout, so I, mm. I know some survival skills, like how to make fires in a shelter in the wilderness. But Yeah, I mean, even that one's something good but to if know. It, gets that bad i think uh, we have a lot more things to worry about then uh, that's true <laughs> yeah. how, to, how to tie a rope exactly yeah all right and uh last thing let's say you know worst worst case scenario right. you know money is not going to mean much and right. let's say you can't even use a debit card because there is no electricity right what would you say is the best thing that you might want to use in the future for you know purchasing buying okay. selling goods that type of thing well worst case scenario we might have to go back to the bartering system mm. so if we you know are practicing bartering again then you know the foods that we started like a can of tuna is like money basically right you could trade that for something else right yeah or even um skills that you may have you know like um sewing skills things like that you could you know trade that your skill in for a can of beans or something like that yeah oh that's a really good yeah. point you're right because those things you know like right. i don't i'm gonna be honest i don't know how to sew right i mean if you gave me a button and a shirt it would be a mess right. but yeah like uh, if i needed warm clothing something like that yeah right, i would right. definitely trade something for someone that could do that skill yeah i think skills like you know sewing or carpentry things like that 
um, where there will probably be some need for it in the future. Right. Um, it's always a good skill to have, I think. Okay. Yeah. Wow, very good. I'm, I learned a lot today. <laughs> I really appreciate it. So uh, hopefully everyone listening also picked up on some advice that Shane shared. And hopefully you will start preparing. I think tonight I'm definitely going to go and buy some batteries at least. That way I've got to, I'm starting. I'm slowly. Baby steps. All right. Thank That's you very much. That's a great idea. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I'll do. Yeah, thank you guys. Thank you for listening to English Roundtable made possible by Khan Nagayo Career College in Tokyo, Japan. If you enjoyed hearing natural English conversation, subscribe and like us wherever you're listening and check us out on YouTube, Twitter, and our other SNS platforms, which will be in the description for this episode. Head over to the YouTube page to see some of the keywords we used in the conversation and other activities to test your English listening skills. Thanks again, and we'll see you in the next episode.